But yeah, you basically are like, I've got all this money, so I'm going to make gadgets to go, like, take justice into my own hands. Or I could, yeah. like, help the entire city eat. You do you, though, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Good choice, I guess. Elon conversation point. Will we bring yeah. up wealth disparity in each episode of The Lullaby? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> Welcome back to Hate Spinnerbait, the podcast where we hate spinnerbait, but we love Truth Squad. Yes. Woo-hoo. Oh, that's that might be our best one yet because it's, <laughs> yeah, that's very that's perfect. I that is that. perfect. I'm Michael Ann, and joined with me as always is Bethany. And we're both doing great today, aren't we? <laughs> We just spent the last, we, you know, kind of got on here to record and we just spent the last 20 minutes just uh, ranting to each other. So <laughs> y'all buckle up. We're in a mood. <laughs> it's going to be fun, but it's also going to be a little angry. And what can I say? It's yeah, just, that's just what you get here at Hate Spinner Beat. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Get out your, you know, like Alanis Morissette album and prepare to feel some <laughs> angry yes angry women feels but also mostly we're here to have a good time because we read some really good chapters but we might also be a little angry (laughs) maybe a little just a smidgen just a little again not like at the book just to make it clear although there are certain things we're getting into that uh make us a little ranty from the book but just like in general our vibes our mood the people (laughs) The patriarchy is just the everything that's always <laughs> crushing us. Yeah. Um, is what we're what we're ranty about. But anyways, I digress. Let's recap. We got a lot to get into, lots of good juicy chapters. So what have we done so far? So our main character, Remy Starr, is the daughter of a musician who she never met and who died. And her mother, who is a romance novel author she is very type a very organized a go-getter she kind of has to take care of her mother in sort of a parent capacity and then we have her brother who is dating this girl named jennifer ann who is one of those people who reads a lot of books about business so she's very hoity-toity fun fact chris breeds lizards not sure why but we'll find out maybe and she's got a couple of girlfriends about I think they're in a group of four. Yep, there's four of them total. Um, They just graduated high school, and she is off to college in the fall. She doesn't believe in love, but there's a boy who's popped into her life, and I think we might see more of him, and his name is Dexter. Yes, we love Dexter. Dexter Jones. Uh, You little... What a good name. I know. That is a good name. I read this, obviously, circa about 2004-ish, 
And I love this book. I love the name Dexter because of it. And then, of course, the show Dexter came out. And then I like, I was like, oh, but like I had this association with it. And now everyone will always think of that name as like the murderer show. Mm. So, I mean, he was like a good murderer because he murdered bad people. <laughs> but still, I was like, no, I meant like the cute guy from the, the book that I read when I was like 13. <laughs> I meant Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah. Oh, Dexter's Lab. That's another good Dexter. Yeah, that's very true. I didn't watch yeah, that murder show. Dexter's out there, which is weird because I've never actually met a Dexter in real life. But I haven't either. I just said I've never met a Dexter in real life. I'm such an asshole. My cousin's <laughs> son's name is Dexter. He's very cute. Then. And she's a very so, good yeah. mother. Very good mother. See? There we go. But, you know, I'm crazy. She's also making my wedding cake topper. Shout out. Hey girl. Hey. Massive shout out. When I see that wedding cake topper, I'm gonna be like, that's from Dexter's mom. (laughs) You are. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take a picture, put it on Instagram for all the all the the listeners to to appreciate as well. (laughs) Like, hey guys, remember we talked about this all the way back when we were reading this lullaby? Here you go. Now now you know what the wedding cake topper looks like. Chapter four. Here we are. We are at the wedding respect that Remy is getting a shout out. She gets a shout out here at the very top of chapter four, where they're like, toast to Remy, Barbara's daughter. Without her, we couldn't have done any of this. And I was like, thank you, at least for recognizing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a couple things to say about this wedding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The first thing is I'm skipping ahead a little bit. I'm skipping ahead a lot. I'm realizing as I am Yes, I'm skipping way ahead here, but I just want to mention first, right off jump, that this wedding was $15 a person. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That would be nice. That would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be? Catering is an astronomical cost. Mm -hmm. Weddings are an astronomical. Why do we do this? I don't know, but it is, it's fun. It's so, it's going to be so fun when I'm there. (laughs) You're going to love it when you're in the moment. I promise you. the lead up's not so great. Mm-mm. And the after part's good too, but yeah, the lead up's not. It's certainly not great. But dogs are yeah. So all of her friends are there. Jennifer Ann is there, but she kind of takes Chris away because he she doesn't like Remy's vibe. Remy is making jokes about how at the next wedding she's not planning anything and her mom can just go to Vegas, get married by Elvis. And Jennifer Ann is like, appalled by this she's like Remy this is marriage in front of God it's forever and I'm just wondering like Jennifer Ann you know this is her fifth marriage right yeah you you've got to know right Jennifer Ann like who pulled the wool over your eyes here that's yeah you gotta you gotta know that's in front of God not my wedding in front of God in front of God (laughs) Um, I also like when they're having a discussion around because yeah she's sitting like with her friends and of course I think it was kind of like the the family table so to speak because you know those are Barbara's kids and yeah Jennifer Ann is all like annoyed with Remy and she also is always trying to network so of course she goes and like moves them over to network but they're having a conversation she's having a conversation with her friends because of course all her her girlfriends are there and she's saying how she's like so much better than she used to be that she doesn't like drink as much anymore or smoke as much she like quit smoking and all this different thing and so they call her like saint remy or whatever because she's you know she's like really you know now she's going off to stanford she's really you know cleaned up her act so to speak 
And I underlined this part about how she, you know, she's doing so much better. She said, and finally, I said, finishing my drink, I don't sleep around nearly as much as I used to. Which, okay, Remy, I understand 2002, but by today's standards, sadly, by 2023 standards, yes, that makes you better than you used to be. But again, as long as you were consenting and the other person was consenting and you were into it, which we are going to get into later, there is some hmm, shades Mm -hmm. of gray with some of that in Remy's life. But as long as you were having a good time and your partner was having a good time, you could sleep around with whoever you want and you can still be a good person. Okay, so that bothered me. And I was like, Remy, that is not the way to talk about yourself. Like you, yeah. But anyways, just had to get that out. First rant of the night, which is you can still be a really good person. Yeah, should you probably stop smoking? Absolutely, because that does cause cancer. But (laughs) sleeping around with people, as long as you're being protective, because you don't want to get anything. Um, And as long as everyone's having a good time and consenting, rock on with your bad self, girl. Like you do you. There is a trend I've noticed reading these chapters for this week. There's like all a a very common theme of sexual shame in yes. these first couple chapters. I underlined every single time she mentions shame when it relates to sex. I find it very interesting and I'm excited to look into that more as we get further in. Yes. But yeah, this yeah, is like that's definitely beginning. something she's grappling with and I'm very intrigued to see where it goes mm-hmm. same this is where we meet the uh the g flats which is the the alter ego of true squad this is their their wedding name their wedding band name <laughs> <laughs> the G flats. which uh apparently i guess which we learn a little bit about in later chapters that is part of this episode why they owed Don a favor, but basically they owned Don a favor. So earlier when, which is, I assume is probably why they were at the dealership, which is how Dexter and Remy met is they were probably going to talk yeah. to Don about that. Cause he was all like, Oh yeah, don't worry. I've got the band covered, which of course we learn is happens to be the band that we have met Dexter's band. Yep. Yeah. She's sitting down at the table. She's like, Oh my God, I cannot believe this is happening, which honestly I can't either. What are the odds? It's a small world after all. <laughs> seriously they say so chris walks up to their table and he's like mom's asking for you because you're supposed to be dancing fucking jennifer ann (laughs) she makes me angry i feel that but i'm also impressed i mean can you imagine networking at a wedding i can't even imagine networking period yeah in Um, general life nonetheless at like my boyfriend's mom's fifth wedding (laughs) (laughs) it's very specific (laughs) yeah very specific thing yeah, so she goes up and she basically forces herself to dance and she has to dance with Don and it sounds absolutely crazy. Just yeah, insane. Just he's just throwing her around everywhere. Yeah, that that doesn't it, it didn't seem like it was a good time. This wedding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this wedding. So much so much is happening. Jennifer Ann's networking. Dexter's there with his band again. That's fifteen dollars a plate. Just so much. I I don't know. I love it. <laughs> I do too. And then a love song comes on, or a slow song, love song, whatever, same thing. And Jennifer Ann pulls Chris onto the dance floor because she's like, "I want to dance." And <laughs> and um, Remy was like. Whatever I felt for her personally, I had to admire her technique. Nothing stopped this girl. 
And I feel that too. I feel that way as well, Remy. Yeah. I feel you, Remy. I feel you. And then we see Remy kind of like talking about how she doesn't like slow dancing. She's uncomfortable with it. Even in junior high, I'd hated the moment the music stalled, screeching to a halt so that someone could press their sweaty body to yours. At least with real dancing, you weren't trapped, forced to rock back and forth with a total stranger who now, simply because of proximity, felt it was perfectly all right to grab your ass at anything else within reach. What a bunch of crap. So she's like very, she doesn't like anyone getting close to her really, physically or emotionally. She's very like, I need to be in control at all times. And yep. emotions and all that stuff. Also, getting your ass grabbed. Not great. Give me yeah, a flashback. Not, not a fan to mm-hmm. that. That's It was definitely not a good time. Yeah, it is interesting. Obviously, when we were in high school, I assume nowadays, too. I mean, I guess dancing's pretty similar to, I don't know, as far as I know. I mean, the TikTok trends, maybe those are the dances that people are doing at high school dances now. I'm not sure. But it was a lot of... Yeah, slow dancing, obviously, is like, oh, it's time to get romantic, time to, like, fill up your dance partner, which, like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Um, and then the other dancing, like, fast dancing, it was all, like, grinding on each other. Like, all dancing, which, hey, the movie Dirty Dancing is fantastic. Like, all dancing is sort of sexual in, in nature, I guess, which is kind of the whole thing. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, if you're someone who's not into intimacy or love or relationships and you seek that sense of control, I can imagine dancing not really being your jive. But, yeah, some some high school dances that I, I liked dances don't get me wrong i mean my favorite mm-hmm. part was getting ready for them and like dressing yeah. up <laughs> like that's yeah. the part i liked but yeah so i don't know thinking of the things high school boys would try to do while they were dancing with you and you were like mm, okay <laughs> mm-hmm. so lucky for me i'm strange so i would have strangers grab my ass here and there but nobody would try to dance with me at dances because i much like don I'm a psychopath, and I can't wait for you to see that at my wedding because I'm going to be on another level. I love to dance. I will tear up a dance floor. She's doing a good time. I wish that, like, dances were more, like, in the movies where everyone has their choreographed bits and whatever. Like, if we could just all, you know, like, wouldn't that be fun? But that would be a lot of practice, and it would never happen in real life, but... I digress. (laughs) Yes. I wish I could do just a Wednesday style dance in the middle of a dance floor. Uh, I mean, if your wedding isn't the time to do it, when is? (laughs) This is your time. True. Absolutely. (laughs) This is 100% your time to do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. I cannot plan another fucking thing. (laughs) You're like, no, I don't don't have the time or the energy to learn the whole Wednesday dance to do it at my wedding. I can't. I can't. No, I could. My mother-in-law is like, you guys should take dancing classes. And I'm like, lady, I'm going to sway back and forth for 30 seconds. And then the DJ is going to tell everyone else to come up on the dance floor. I'm not doing this shit. Which is honestly for the best because you never realize how long a song is until you were up there and everyone is just staring at you. And you're like, man, three minutes is a really long time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. Like me... I mean, obviously, we did more of it like a duel than a dance. So we the last little bit of our song that we danced to. I was like the chorus and cut it. Like we don't need yeah. anything more than that. And he was like, "Okay, no, I don't need it if everyone looking at me for that long." Yeah, and then I had to do a father daughter, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't stop thinking about it." But anyway, back to 
Barbara's wedding. Back <laughs> to Barb. Babs. Babs in her fifth wedding. Babsy. Oh, good old Babsy. I now I'm only going to refer to her as Babs. <laughs> good old Babs. Babsy? I'm probably not because there's like a lot of serious things, you know, and that won't work in all instances. But but in this case, Babs this case, is vibing. It works. There's some, they're dancing to their song and uh, Remy's watching them and this woman from Don's job like walks up and was like this is so beautiful they're so in love and she's like bawling her eyes out by how like in love they are and how happy Don is and I'm like is this chick like secretly in love with Don that's 100% the vibe I was getting is that she because she's like he is happy right like you know like she was like oh shoot I was really hoping that he wasn't really happy with her but he's looking really happy and I want him which I do recall something later in the book and I don't know mm. if she plays a role or what but I, I remembered something um, when I was reading this the other day that I was like ah yes I remember this thing happening later in the book but that's all I'm going to say about that now well, we will discuss it when we get to that later <laughs> Ooh, I don't remember anything so I'm very excited for that <laughs> so, you know, no spoilers for you because this is like it's fresh it's like you're reading this for the for the first time so Oh, I will not. Um, if if my memory is correct on this, I don't want to. I don't want to give anything else away with that. I love it. I can't wait. <laughs> so then she goes outside. She's bumming a smoke, but she ends up not smoking it. And then she's kind of like behind the the dumpster. I must said the dungeon. <laughs> she's behind the dumpster. <laughs> she's behind the dumpster. Mm-hmm. And so nobody can really see her. And then the band comes out and they're chit-chatting and they're like, I hate working weddings. And then we get our first mention of the potato song, yes. which is very important. Yes. Ta- very important. And that is also one of the things I had vivid memories of from this book. Because I was like, yes, the potato song, the potato opus. Yes, I remember all of that. <laughs> So that made me very happy to to get to that's another thing. Make this a movie, Netflix, and let Michael Land direct because I really want to know what this lullaby sounds like and I really wanna know what the potato song sounds like. Like desperately need to know. Same. Or like Sarah, could you sing it to us? Just kidding. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure if that's like your thing, if you're into singing <laughs> and recording yourself, but if you could, when you come on the pod, if you could just I'd be like, please, Sarah, could you just please just sing this? Like, how did you imagine it? Sure, I'd be like, ah, I was not expecting to be put on the spot like that. <laughs> I think if she actually came on the pod, I would be like a nervous wreck. Yeah, I would not Bye. be cool enough to ask her to sing the potato song for me. <laughs> no, I'd be like, hello, um, thank you for making me love reading. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. Uh, really, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. She's um, like, do you guys have any questions? I'm like, all the things we've been like, you know, we're gonna ask her this. We're gonna ask her. We'd be like, no, we just wanted Ellie. We loved you. Okay, maybe <laughs> bye. No, just thank you so much. And um, <laughs> and then we're like, oh, dang it, we never did ask her anything. Shoot. <laughs> Seriously. So in this moment, what's interesting is. Dexter kind of ends up out there by himself and Remy is like, I think I'm gonna go talk to him. Like, I Yeah, think, she seems uh, sort of like into it. maybe a little interested. I did mm-hmm. like that she said, I'd always been a sucker for dark-headed boys, which same. And then she's like, and he's tall. Tall was good, which yep, my husband has dark hair and is like six foot two, so I'm into <laughs> that. I get it. <laughs> I get it, Remy. I'm like, yeah, same girl. <laughs> Love that. 
<laughs> like, yeah, that's my type. Yeah. I haven't dated a tall guy ever. Like, ever? I feel like I have definitely dated a few tall guys. I think that's like, which is, it's not like, I'm not a tall person whatsoever. So it's not like, you know, like tall girls are like, oh, I need to date a tall guy or else I'll be taller than him or whatever. Like, that's never been, every guy I've ever dated has obviously been taller than me. But it is funny that I've dated guys, like at least a couple guys that have been over like six foot tall. So I'm like, what are the, what are the odds of that? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think I'm too scared of men that are that tall or too threatening. <laughs> Except for Mike, obviously. They're very, they're very, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. You got to like stand on your yeah. tiptoes to kiss them, you know? You're like, geez. They're like, God, man, can you lean down? <laughs> can you bend down a little bit more? Honestly, Mike is so like, he, if when he goes to like, you know, if I'm like sitting on the couch and he goes to like lean in to like, let's say he's like going to bed before or something. So like go to like lean in to like give me a kiss. And he like really thinks he's leaning in. Like he's like trying. <laughs> he is so not like. Like, you're just, like, not a flexible person, I guess. And I'm, like, could you, like, could you come a little closer? Because I feel like I'm doing all the work. And he's, like, I'm leaning in. I'm, like, mm, are you, though? <laughs> are you, though? You're still in the sky. I need a ladder. <laughs> uh, like, that is him fully trying. And I'm, like, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. If you, if you say so. But, yeah, like, Remy is finally, like, getting, I don't know. She's kind of, like, maybe, maybe I could be into this. You know, she's obviously going to not with Jonathan anymore. She's got the summer ahead of her. Like maybe she could, maybe she could go talk to this guy. No strings attached. And then the cousins, like Dawn's cousins or something. Oh, daughters of some cousins from Ohio come out like little, like groupy girls being like, Oh, you're in a band. Hey, whatever. And so they're talking to him and they ask him if he has a girlfriend. And I, and this is basically where Remy's kind of like, oh, this is, I'm dumb. Like, of course, like he's a musician and I don't, you know, I'm not going to go for musicians and these girls are fawning all over him and I'm just going to go inside. But he actually says, well, Dexter said, actually, and I think he was not, I mean, obviously he doesn't have a girlfriend, but clearly he's interested in Remy. And I like that even though he is 100% single, I think he's basically turning down these girls and saying like, well, actually, like, there's someone I'm interested in right now. And I was like, sweet Dexter. Aww. Like, this girl is going to be the time of day. And um, Remy walked away. So, obviously, we don't know for sure if that's what he was going to say. But it sounds like he was going to be like, no, I'm, like, kind of into someone. So, I can't. I'm, I don't want to be flirting with you girls. And I was like, bless him. Mm-hmm. Remy, he likes you. You know, give him a chance. Also, I'm pretty sure they are children. Yeah, that that too, and he obviously is. I guess they the boys in the band seem like they're probably what like nineteen, like they're maybe like a little bit older than Remy, but like about her age. Well, Ted has a degree. That's true. Ted is like got to be early twenties, probably. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna guess they're anywhere from like like twenty to like twenty 22. to twenty four, maybe give yeah. or take. Because it said that he, yeah, Ted has a degree. And I think she said some of them had some college. So all of them mm-hmm. are at least old enough to go to college. So I'm going to assume they're all probably in their early 20s, give or take. Which for Remy, fine. She's 18. She's about to go to college. That's not that big of a deal. But these are like probably 16-year-olds that were trying yeah. to hit on him. So he's like, mm, no, you're jailbait. No, thank you. No, thank y'all. <laughs> so anyway, they're, they're cutting the cake. Just reminding me of my to-do list at this point. You're like, this chapter's just stressing <laughs> me out. Next! 
you know, seriously. So yeah, fifteen dollars ahead. Alyssa's shit face. She's like crying yeah. over she's Adam. She's just not over it. And she's so drunk. Chloe's off making out with some guy, nephew, groomsman, something like that. Yeah. And Chloe seems like a real piece of work, if I'm gonna be honest. She does. Chloe, no offense, Chloe, but you're probably my least favorite friend. Mm-hmm. Although she is she at least like cares enough for Remy that she was concerned for her later on. But yeah, other than that, yeah. she's my least favorite friend. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, Jess takes Lissa home at the end of the wedding because she's drunk. And Remy turns down a ride home because she thinks Chris is waiting for her. And then she sees the band drive away without Dexter because they can't find him. And they are just like, whatever, we're out. And then it turns out that they were both left. Dun, 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 dun. This is like in any um, fan fiction ever when there was only one bed. And then <laughs> they were the only two left at the wedding. How will they get home? Go together? Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> Which I do like when she goes back in there again because she thinks that like she's going home with Chris. And Dexter is waiting in there and he's like, they left. And she's like, who did? He's like, Chris and Jennifer Ann. He replied, as we've known them forever. And I thought that was the funniest thing. That she's just like, the fu- like, you played <laughs> at my wedding, like my mom's wedding, not her wedding, <laughs> my mother's wedding. And you, like, I come back in. You're like, yeah, Chris and Jennifer Ann have left. Like, you don't know them. It's hysterical. Jennifer Ann says she had to go because she had an early seminar tomorrow at the convention center. Of course you do, Jennifer Ann. (laughs) Of course. Of course. And then they kind of start bonding. And he talks about how his mother is actually on her fifth marriage. So she has Remy's mother beat by one. And I underlined this part because it was really funny. Uh, He says, he nodded. But you know, he said sarcastically, I really think this one's going to last. She says, hope springs eternal. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I love him. Yes. I also thought that that was hysterical. And I liked, yeah, their little bond. Like, they have this, like, connection, which is also where, and again, I don't blame Remy at all for being the way that she is. And, like, her mom, I don't even think it's, like, just the marriages, although that is obviously a big part of it. That's, like, where I think her distrust of men comes in. Mm-hmm. But, and, like, in love. But her mom is just like, again, the fact that she has to basically parent her mother is like her her biggest, you know, hardship. And the fact that, you know, she's looking for that that sense of control, like we've kind of brought up a few times, like that definitely is a a recurring theme. Um, But this just reminds me of how it's so funny how certain people are like she her mom has been married four times, technically five, if you count her father and the whole like thing in tibet or whatever you know that they did in the 70s um and his mom dexter's mom has been and and yet they have such different outlooks on love so it's like it's not even the circumstance it's it's you know there's so many other things around it which just always makes me think of you know like the difference between batman and spider-man like you can lose your parents and you can be batman and be dark and gritty and but even though also you're rich peter parker didn't even have money okay and Mm -hmm. he was still like hopeful and you know whatever and i was like see like it's all in how you handle your situation like do you want to be peter parker or do you want to be bruce wayne probably bruce wayne because he's got money and a butler but but he's I respect lonely. Peter Parker more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. 
Also, it's like you have so much money, and instead of like helping the community, you're just like a pseudo cop. You're just like a fancy cop. You just have a lot of money. Yeah, you just decide to go do some vigilante Weird. shit. Ooh, yeah. there you go. It's your Taylor Ooh. Swift title drop of the episode. Yeah, you basically are like, I've got all this money, so I'm going to make gadgets to go, like, take justice into my own hands. Or I could, yeah. like, help the entire city eat. You do you, though, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Good choice, I guess. Elon Musk conversation point. Will we bring yeah. up wealth disparity in each episode of The Lullaby? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> mm-hmm. At the end of the day, do I respect a billionaire who turned a cave into a lab? No. No. <laughs> But you know what? I'm glad you all liked our pats in the role. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm probably, I'm mean, whatever. People are going to be like, she doesn't like Batman. <gasps> I, I, I think know. our audience is like chill with that. And other realms in reality, I feel like I have to keep my like Batman ain't shit comments to myself. But it's kind of how I feel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same. What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? Yeah, so they are having their little bonding moment over their mother's terrible love lives. <laughs> and they end up having to take a uh, cab to get home because the band has obviously left him now. Yes. Oh, and he... I also like that he knows Linda, who like works at the wedding, oh, yeah. and is like, have you had enough to eat? And he's like, oh, I'm good. And she's like, do you know everybody? And it's like, yeah, like, Dexter's just, I don't know. There's like this friendly dude who meet someone and instantly like knows their life story probably Mm -hmm. yeah they he wants to share a cab and she's like no gross and he just kind of like gives up really easily he's like all right cool and then he just like leaves she says the conquest getting me alone was all that mattered and once he saw me up close i wasn't so special after all but i of course knew that already so she has like it's like no girl you are special he's just like being a gentleman and respecting your boundaries (laughs) right like, he's not harassing you, so you're like, hmm, I must be a terrible person who has yeah. a terrible personality. But we kind of see later, too, like, she just has a lot of issues with, like, self-hate. And I think it comes, it stems from the shame, the sexual shame that she has that we can get mm-hmm. into. So, Chapter 5, Remy is back at work. The wedding has now passed. Her mom and Don have headed off to the honeymoon. Congrats to them. You deserve it. You don't actually. (laughs) Remy deserves the honeymoon because she did all the work. But you know what I mean. So Lola, which is her boss, is like trying to set her up with someone. And while she's probably basically burning off some poor lady's scalp because she's too busy, like at the front desk talking to Remy about this guy instead of worrying about her poor client. Oh, my God. I know. I was like, Chad, please go check on that woman's scalp, Lola. But yeah, so Remy's like not having any of it. And this is where she kind of talks about how she really like got her act together. And when she first entered school and when she was kind of drinking and partying and doing all of that, and now she's, you know, was taking AP classes and honors classes and obviously did really good on like the SATs and stuff. And that's how she um, ended up in, in Stanford. So yes, she's all like, look at, look at me. I, I proved them wrong, which also she basically is saying that like when people doubt her, that's when she like really wants to. And I was like, oh, God, if that yeah. isn't me. Yeah. Like the more yeah. you're like, oh, you're not going to mount to anything or you're 
gonna whatever i'm like prove you wrong i know <laughs> Chip on my shoulder i'm ready to go <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah she says but i always worked harder when i was up against something or when someone assumed i couldn't succeed that's what drove me all those nights studying the fact that so many figured i couldn't do it yeah i like to test people's things about me i like to yeah. wear a lot of pink and have a have a lot of weird interests that i bring into corporate america so i can be like <laughs> try me bitch try um, me Oh, did you did you have an expectation of me? Let me just prove you wrong. I'm an enigma, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Never forget Zoe Deschanel's iconic speech in New Girl, where she talks about how she likes ribbons and bows and dresses, but she's still a smart woman. Hell. Hells yes. I Hells do yes. love that is an iconic moment. 100 mm-hmm. percent For sure. Love that. Yep. Yeah, I felt that deep in my soul. She um, also talks about how she has four years of college paid for because of this lullaby. It was every single time it's played, you know, he's still getting paid for it. And it's going into a trust for her that she cannot get into until she's 25 or for school, which means her mother could never use it, which is good because it's not your money, Barbara. Yeah. Babs. Get your little dirty paws off it. (laughs) (laughs) That's Remy's money. That's Remy's. So then the UPS guy comes in. He's like, oh, hey, this envelope is for you. And she opens it. And it's pictures of a couple in their 70s (laughs) posing in some seaside setting. And I want to mention that the man is wearing an interesting shirt that says, we'll golf for food. So we have another fun shirt. (laughs) Another fun shirt. I love the fun shirts. It's another thing I gotta, we gotta ask Sarah about. I know. Oh my God. I can't believe she burns this lady's hair. And I know. apparently it happens a lot. Like, what yeah, are Google not, reviews, not, girl? Seriously. Yikes. <laughs> like, Remy's like, yeah, I have to smooth this over. It's just not the first time I've had to do this. And I was like, how is this woman still in business? I can't, I can't figure it out. I really cannot. But then the day... The day ends and Lola's customer had left with a bandaged scalp. I would be suing the shit out of these people. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. But of course, when she gets into her car, who shows up? But our good friend Dexter. Yes. Of course, the photos were from him, obviously, because he works at the um, photo store. The old flash camera. Yes, thank you. The old Which I love that there is a like a whole like photo developing store slash camera store like that now because we all have, you know, phones and we just take pictures with that. You're like, oh, yeah, like that was a thing we were still doing going and like developing actual film. (laughs) Yes. When I I remember specifically the camera store that my family regularly used, I remember it vividly. Definitely not still there. There's no way. (laughs) If, can't if it is still there, it's a front because they're actually like money laundering or something. You know what yeah. I mean? There's no way they're still making money off of like cameras and, and developing prints and stuff. I know. But Gen Z, they're bringing the, the disposable cameras back. I don't know if they you've seen are, that. Which respect. There's something great to it. Oh, yeah. I like having like, yeah. It's, it's I love nice. having a disposable nice. camera. It's nice. Yeah. Wait, wait, to go, Gen Z. Bring him back. I like that he's like, you didn't like the pictures. And she's like, was it supposed to mean something? Like the, the shirt and whatever. And he's like, 
No musicians, no golfers, he said, ticking these off on his fingers. What's left? Lion tamers? Accountants? (laughs) (laughs) He's so funny. Like, there's everyone in this book. Like, McHumor is just, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. It's top notch. It is top notch. It's really good. Um, She tries to run him over a little bit, which is kind of funny as well. Yes. But then he gets in the car and he's like, you're giving me a ride. It's just what it is. It is what it is. It's the charm of Dexter. It really is. Oh, yeah. I've, speaking of, I've started using this pen in meetings. So <gasps> I love it. You? It's from Barnes for, & Noble. For everyone who cannot see us, I saw Entry Known. It's an adorable, like, pink, fluffy heart pen. And I have mad respects. Yes, that it. is a great pen. But anyway, so he brings food into her car, which, of course, is very on brand for Remy to be like, no food in my car. Yep. He says, your car smells new and looks new. And she's like, of course, which respect. I wish God, I could keep my car new. Seriously. Can't relate, Remy, but I, God, do I have respect for you for. Yeah, seriously. For doing that. So she drives him home. And when she pulls up to the house, she kind of like stays there and watches them for a second. And because they, her, I don't know, Dexter and Ringo are locked out. And then. Yes. Dexter starts talking about how he's going to break a window with a rock. And of course, Remy cannot cannot sit by while, while he breaks a window with a rock. So she parks the car and she walks up. And she basically breaks into their home with her credit card. And yep. one thing I want to ask Sarah, and we need to start doing like a things we're going to ask Sarah. Like yes. spreadsheet. Shout yes. out. I want to know if Sarah Dessen knows how to break into a home with a credit card. Yeah, I'm also. It's not like something that is just like, oh, I've seen it in movies and I think that that's like a thing you can do. Or is she like has done this? Like, is she like, oh, shoot, the, you know, I forgot my keys once and I did this. Or, you know, we used to do this all the time growing up when we left our keys or whatever. I'm, I'm very curious. Does that, again, it's like something I've heard of. Like I've seen in pop culture. Does it work? I don't know. Probably not anymore. Like I feel like probably like old deadlocks, yes. And now it's probably like not really something you can do, but I can't imagine how you could. Like it doesn't make any sense in my head. But again, maybe like in two thousand two locks were a little less secure. Yeah. I mean probably. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I mean let's let's face it, probably. We also get to meet Monkey here at the end of this chapter, which is Dexter's dog and I love that he's like we're a package deal and it's also just funny to me that his name is Monkey but he seems like a sweet boy and I love him he is he does seem like a sweet boy he also seems like an old boy yes he definitely does he's a he's a little uh, little baby little monkey I I love doggos obviously this is a dog friendly podcast yeah very much so well, we flew through that chapter. Honestly, yeah. I'm proud of us. Good for us. Same. I mean, that was a quickie, but I'm still proud of us for getting through it as quickly as we did. Chapter six, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, this dinner. It's the uh, Chris, Jennifer, and dinner. Oh, Ooh, God. Right, this one. Oh, before we get into the thick of it, this, uh, there is a little happiness for me at the beginning. So, of course, Jennifer Ann is just like, it's most pretentious. Like, again, it is the two of them and her boyfriend's sister slash for Chris, his sister coming over for dinner. Like it should be like, she comes over in like jeans and a t-shirt and they're like dressed the nines. And it's like, 
no for family dinner like you don't know jennifer Ann. if you're no. networking or whatever like sure have your dinner parties but this is just too much so she's just like being really pretentious and whatnot and like ugh, gag me but I did like she like Remy goes to sit down. Of course, she also like has hors d'oeuvres because again, you have one person over and it's your boyfriend's sister and you're like hors d'oeuvres. But she goes right. to hand her Brie and Remy like doesn't hear her well. So she says, excuse me. And so she's like, Brie, she repeating, lifting a small glass tray from the end table and extending it toward me. It's a soft cheese from France. So Remy's like, oh, I hadn't heard her. But now she looked very pleased with herself as if she actually thought she'd brought some foreign culture into my life. Thank you. <laughs> And it's like, oh yeah, gag me. But with your pretentiousness. But I was just really happy that Brie was mentioned because Brie is my favorite cheese and my family has a whole history with Brie. Actually, I used to despise Brie when I was younger. I thought it was so, 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 so gross. And they say, you know, your your taste buds change, you acquire taste. And that is definitely like Brie is like 100% one of my favorite cheeses now. And it's so funny to think of when I was younger. I was like, ew, this gross, soft French cheese. Ugh. But yeah, this is this is very <laughs> random. All right, let me just try to keep this tangent short because we've got a lot. We got a lot to read still. But so my family, this started from our dear friend Pamela, uh, who we used to tailgate with for at Gator Games for many, many years. And she brought Brie one year for like homecoming or something. I can't even tell you the first game that this she brought it, but she brought it. We did well, and it became the superstition that we had to eat brie. So ever since then, we have had brie at tailgate, which is just, like, very funny because it is. It's, like, French cheese, and we eat it at a football tailgate. Uh, but, yeah, we always eat it. Every national championship, I have had so much brie. One time in 2007, to be exact, after we lost to Auburn in, in 2006, the 2006 season, we had to play them the next year. And Pam was worried about the game and she made us bring Brie in our pockets into like a hot Florida <laughs> football game. And it sat at halftime. We had to eat it and it was the grossest thing I've ever eaten, but I did it for the Florida Gators. So yeah, it's, it's become this family thing. And we now want to make shirts next year because we've now tailgate with new people, but we told them like, you gotta, you gotta eat Brie. I'm sorry if you don't like it, but you eat Brie for the Gators. So we started it with some of our new tailgate friends. And so next year we want to get shirts that says Brie leave. So we're really, lame. <laughs> we're really excited. Though. So we're going to have tailgate shirts, our like little tailgate crew. We're all going to get them and they're going to say Brie leave. So I'm hoping for the first game we'll have them ready. <laughs> I need to know. And I think everyone else listening needs to know as well. Did the Florida Gators win when you ate the pocket cheese? No. Oh, <laughs> I had pocket gross. It was like a three o'clock kickoff. It was gross, disgusting weather. It was literally brie and like a wheat thin, little, like little wheat thin sandwich. We've now changed to brie on baguettes. We used to always do like brie on crackers. And we changed to like brie on baguettes, which is much better in my humble opinion. But yeah, I had the gross pocket cheese. We still lost to Auburn. So it didn't even work. So I mean, the brie success rate is a little, I accidentally threw a little piece on the ground. The wind really threw a piece on the ground against Georgia this past season. And we didn't win, but we had a couple of turnovers. So I was like, oh, like the brie fumbled, like fumble, whatever. So then we started like chucking a little brie on the ground every week. So yeah, it's, it's taken on a whole life of its own. I will say the brie has been successful in national championships. So hey. There you go. You know, if we can ever there make it to go. one again, God knows. But um, we will, <laughs> I will be eating some brie. That's all I got to say about that. 
That's very Emily Gilmore of you to have Brie at a tailgate. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you ever met Pam, she is very Emily Gilmore. We say all the time that like Pam and David, um, Pamela and Davila sometimes <laughs> refer to them, um, are very Emily and Richard Gilmore. Like very, very. So yes, that tracks that that is, yeah, very Emily Gilmore of us. But yeah, so before we get into like the depressing, really annoying bits of this chapter, it just made me really happy that it started off with Brie because I have such a weird connection to that cheese. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I did yoga yesterday. I don't work out anymore, but I decided that I need to start. And um, <laughs> I did yoga yesterday and now everything hurts. And yeah, I just I move a little bit. And my back's like, Bleh. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm almost 31. That's <laughs> what happens. That's what happens, y'all. Anyway, back to the book. Back to it. So Jennifer Ann has like a weird like list of talking points. It's very formal. Yes. It's strange. She doesn't have any of her self-improvement business books out on display. And this reminded me, okay, I'm going to go on a tangent now, but just bear with me people okay it's worth it <laughs> so when i started working at I, I briefly did customer service for a cell phone company it was terrible but i met this guy there and he was like you know during our get to know you icebreakers whatever he's like oh yeah i love to read i've read like a hundred books this year and i was like oh my god cool like maybe he reads the similar books to me and i was like oh cool like what was your favorite book you read like what kind of books do you read every single one of them were was business self-help books every single one he read over a hundred no, of them. You. I was uh, like, I was like, read many, for fun. <laughs> how, yeah, that. How many? That's like, obviously, yes, that is reading. But to me, that is not reading. That's like studying. You know, that's just yeah. like torture. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, over a hundred. And he did like a little photo shoot with all of them because I found him on Instagram eventually. And oh, I was like, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. He's. You know what that just made me think of? Oh, God, I have to dig these up because how has this not been on our Instagram? Speaking of photo shoots. So senior pictures, right? My sisters were, like, cool and involved in, in – I was involved in school, too, but, like, in, like, nerdy things like Interacts Club. Um, but my sisters were, like, athletes. So athletes, you know, like, they take pictures with, like, basketball, the volleyball, the football, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I had done cheerleading, but, like, only in middle school and high school, I didn't do it anymore. So, like, I really – like, I had extracurriculars, but they weren't, like, anything cool. But I was, like – I was a journalism nerd. Like, I was on yearbook, and I read a lot and whatever. And so, you know, they were, like, asking if you want to bring any props for – oh, my God, this is so funny. Any props – How literally, how has this ever come up? For senior pictures. And so, like, most of them, I was just, like, outside, staring off in the distance, whatever. But I had this one – where I got to put props and I brought Sarah Dessen books because I was like, <sighs> I read, like that's my thing. So I have senior pictures where no shit. And I think this law that I might be running away. I know the truth about forever certainly is because that's my all-time fave. But I don't know how I've never brought this up and how I've not posted it on Instagram. But I'm going to when this episode goes live. So you on that Tuesday, we are posting it on our uh on our Instagram because y'all have to see what a nerd I am. <laughs> I cannot believe that you didn't include those pictures in conversation at all. But even in your Meet the Hate Spinnerbait post. Yeah, like why didn't I? I, I really have no idea why that just like left me until this moment. We were just like, he took pictures of him with all these books. And I was like, oh, how have I never mentioned that my senior photos have Sarah Dustin novels in them? Because they sure as hell do. <laughs> oh my God. 
That's amazing. I cannot wait to see <laughs> it's these. It's so great. I'm so yeah, I'm going to have to – My, I know, like, my mom – I mean, she has them, like, hanging up in our, like, house or whatever. Or, well, she did. The grandkids kind of took over, which – understandable yeah <laughs> but i know obviously she still has those photos so i'm gonna have my mom dig some up and we're posting oh them because y'all gotta see it <laughs> you guys have to i have to see it i have to see this <sighs> oh my god this is so I good that just made me so happy that i thought of that oh my god right. i should bring this sarah Dessen books to the wedding and do sarah Dessen wedding shots yeah why not i say why healthier why the fuck not why the fuck not oh god this dinner this dinner yeah the talking points are very strange the fact that she's like weird current events and all this kind of stuff it's all very strange and it's like she almost has like a time of like and we'll talk about this thing for two minutes and then we're on to the mm-hmm. next topic and Remy's kind of like she's in a mood which as we said at the top of this podcast we were in a mood so Same. I get it you know sometimes you're just like in a mood and you don't want to deal with pretentious jennifer ann's and so she kind of starts like deciding that she needs to go christopher just a little bit like just so she's like really not trying to like make it a big thing but she decides to bring up the fact that they bet on like how long like this marriage is gonna last and of course as we know from like the way jennifer ann was at the wedding this does not go over well jennifer ann and of course chris like wants to be impressive to his girlfriend so he's kind of a major dick too remy about which there is some humor in it which is basically like he like she goes away like she leaves the table or whatever because she's like i think it's just horrible and she's all like upset about it and again it's like it's not your mom like if they are okay with this why do you give a damn like you know what i mean i know so that was just kind of ridiculous to me and then yeah chris is like what the fuck is wrong with you and so one of the things that which this book, they have dropped, like, Sarah Dessen has dropped the F-bomb a few times, but in, like, the next two chapters alone, there are three instances where they say fuck, and I was just like, ooh, like, the characters saucier. are a little older, and we, like, get a little saucier, we get some language, and that's, like, another thing I just, like, happened to notice, I was like, ooh, well, that's more F-bombs in this lullaby. I, like, didn't recall that, but yeah. I like so, it. Yeah, so she's like... Gosh, Christopher, I said, such language. You better not let her hear you. She'll make your stay after school and write a report on those Australian blue-footed boobies. Because, like, that was one of the things they were talking about. <laughs> and I loved that, like, even in this, like, really awkward, tense situation, like, there was, still, like, a little bit of humor. So I know. the humor was great. But Jennifer Ann, literally, like, mind your own business. God. It's like, yeah, it's like my, it's like, and also, like, this is her fourth slash fifth marriage. So yeah. it's not like this is... It's not like she's getting remarried for the first time and right. they're like, you know what I mean? But I think Jennifer wants, I think Jennifer has a very specific plan for her life and marriage forever in a Catholic church yes. is one of them. Yes. So, and she can't like fathom any, but no. it's like, yeah, some, sometimes marriages fail and for, for good old Babs here, it seems to happen quite a lot. And this is how her children cope with it. Like let them have their right. coping mechanism like Jesus. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but damn, Chris goes hard. He says, yeah. look, you said spitting out the words. I can't help it if you're a bitter, angry bitch, but I love Jennifer Ann and I won't let you play your little games with her. Do you hear me? And then he said, do you? He snapped because damn it, Remy, you make it really hard to love you sometimes. You know that you really do. And all of this is absolutely horrible. 
don't yes. ever tell anybody that they're hard to love. That's a yeah. horrible thing to say. And I get that he's mad at her. Okay, maybe it was inappropriate. She knew what she was doing. She was kind of like poking the bear. But that's a little bit of an overreaction, don't you think? Yes. Like, I don't think... I, and she's... Yeah, she admits it. Like, I'm in a mood. This dinner is ridiculous. Jennifer Ann has these talking points. I'm going to do something to poke the bear a little bit. But, yeah. it, like, that wasn't... Her intention wasn't... Like, it's not... It wasn't something remotely bad enough to be like it makes like you're difficult to love and that's and it's so terrible too because like that's so hitting her you know like right like that is one of her hangouts mm-hmm. like I think that is why she likes controlling relationships or whatever is because I think in her mind it's like you know her dad wasn't even there when she was born she never got to meet him like he didn't love her enough to like stick around with her mom or whatever and she's seen her mom go through all these marriages and I think like that's her biggest fear like that's one of her hangups is that she is, she's, you know, like, I'm just gonna, before someone can hurt me, you know, like we were saying last episode, like, I'm gonna be the one to end things. And it's like, you know, that that's something she's already probably very self conscious about and does think about herself. So like, why would you say that? Which, first of all, like, no one is difficult. to like, that's just that's not a thing. And it's a thing that people will say, in anger. But like, yeah, no one is hard to love. Like, that's not, that's not a way to talk. It's not a way to talk to your like, sister like jesus christ i think if my brothers ever called me a bitter angry bitch or told me i was hard to love i would i would hold on to that for my entire life (laughs) like there is i can't imagine either of them doing that but and i think like for him he really like doesn't think it's like that big of a deal you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like i don't think he was like why like really hit her hard there with that one but it's like yeah you can't just call your sister a bitter angry but like yeah, I think everyone thinks that, like, because she is kind of tough on the outside, that she really doesn't have any, you know, feelings or emotions about stuff. But she does. She's human. Yeah. And you can't just say stuff like that to people. God. Yeah. And I feel and it, it's also sad, too, because it's like this was an inside joke between them. Like she says, even like all these years, Chris was the only one who'd ever shared my sick, cynical view of love. So she's like right. she had this person with her that understood her no matter what. And now he's kind of he's fallen in love with this hoity-toity girl. And so he's like totally changing everything he thinks so that he can continue loving her. And it's like it's it's sad for her. I think we even talked about like in one of our first episodes how hard it is in general when your older sibling gets married and, you know, gets into a serious relationship yeah. and it can be kind of challenging and add on top of that, like everything else going on, it's like, oh, poor Remy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like he was, yeah, like they both had that same view of like, oh, you know, our mom, she like thinks love is real and gets married and whatever. And like, we'll never fall for that. And now she's like, oh, he's one of them. Like he's fallen for someone and I'm the only one left, mm-hmm. you know, with this opinion or yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. on my, I'm on my own. Yep. Yep, but she apologizes to Jennifer Ann, which I'm pretty sure Jennifer Ann should be apologizing to her, but anyway. <laughs> they, you know, finish dinner and then they and then she leaves. And she goes to Chloe's house to get herself a little nip of alcohol to take the edge off. Yeah. And but she does say here, I highlighted this bit on page 99 because it kind of just made me sad. So yeah, she goes over to Chloe. She gets a couple of Bacardis 
And, you know, she's been saying that, you know, she's gotten a lot better. She hasn't been drinking as much anymore. She hasn't been smoking. She hasn't been, you know, whatever. And she says, um, you know, then I took a sip. It was strong and burned going down. And I felt this weird twinge. Like I knew this wasn't the way to react to what had happened at Jennifer Ann's. It passed though. That was the bad thing. It always passed. And it's like, yeah, she like kind of is realizing like, I'm not actually coping with this. I'm just numbing the pain. And then it's like, yeah, no, but I'm going to do it anyways. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's hard yeah but yeah and then so okay so chloe basically says like she can only stay for a little bit because her mom is like very weird about having people over so she's like she's gonna be home in 45 minutes you can stay for 30 minutes yeah you know she can tell remy had a rough night so she's like yeah you know here's some you know little miniature bottles of bacardi but then she's like i'm gonna go drop you off at bendo you can have a beer, but then you have to call Jess. And it's like, Chloe, you probably should have called Jess from the get-go, you know? like Right. And, and I understand, like, Runny is her own person, and she should be responsible for herself, and that's, like, not on you. But I, I don't know. Like, I would have like, Chloe, I, if you, like, if that's the plan you're coming up with, if you're, you're like, I'm going to hide your car, you shouldn't be driving, like, you've had a couple of rum and cokes already, then, yeah, maybe you should have just called Jess from there. Or, like, not even let her go to Bendo or whatever, because... She does go to Bendo, and let's just say that she does not have just one beer. She kind of ends up drinking a lot more than that, and she's like, you know, I had full intentions of calling Jess, but then I wasn't calling Jess. And then she says, you know, she's she basically ends up catching her own reflection in the mirror, and she says, you know, she sees this girl. You know, she looked drunk, but I, I would have known her anywhere. And she says, and the sick thing, in a way, I was almost happy to see her. The worst part of me out in the flesh blinking back at me in the dim light, daring me to call her a name other than my own. And it's like, yeah, I, she was kind of talking about how she likes to prove people wrong. But I think sometimes when someone like your brother calls you, you know, a bitch, you're just like, oh, am I, am I a bitch? Am I a bitch? Am I a terrible person who's unlovable? Okay, like, I'll show you that, yeah, I can be. And so, yeah, she's almost like happy that she's seeing herself like the way she remembers from a couple of years ago when she was maybe partying a little too hard, drinking a little too much, like, that girl has made a reappearance tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she even, when she's still at Chloe's, she's like, I'm an angry, bitter bitch. Right. And Chloe is like, right. Which, yeah. Don't agree with that, Chloe. Yeah. I think a lot of them think she thinks that as like a term of pride. Like, look at me. I'm a bitch. But like, she doesn't, you know, like she doesn't yeah. want to be a bitter bitch. Yeah. She's like, you know, it's like a complete defense mechanism, but she's like, I, actually what i need is love (laughs) and to be like nurtured and cared for because i never was as a child and but chloe is like not a good friend dude she's just not you know like she's not doing she's not doing great she's not she's like you're not altogether terrible you have good clothes and it's like bro your friend's obviously going through something right now what what this is not time for like jokey joke time this is time for you to be like what do, why would you say you're an angry bitter bitch like what happened like you clearly came over here having had a bad night like tell me what's going on you know and and said right. she's just like you've got 30 minutes here's some alcohol you can't drive again i'm gonna give it to her that at least she was like hey don't drive tonight but yeah other than that so the only that. thing she did right and so then we kind of get to what happened two years ago Yes. She says, when I think of myself then, what I was like two years ago, I feel like a wound in a bad place, prone to 
be bumped on corners or edges, never able to heal. And she talks about how two years ago she went to a senior's party. He was someone's neighbor, Lissa's neighbor. And she got way too drunk and was very obviously drunk. I mean, she was yes. blurry. She, You can tell when someone's that drunk. So he, he, this man, this older guy brings her upstairs and she kind of describes how she always prided herself on having the upper hand. Um, she had a bunch of different ways where she could like casually move boys away from like sex, but she was not able to do that during this encounter because she was so drunk. So she just wasn't able to like really be coherent at all. She barely remembers a lot of it. She said she was coming in and out. She says she felt like she was Alice being sucked into a rabbit hole. And when it was over, I told him I felt sick and ran for the bathroom, locking the door with my hands shaking, unable at first to perform even the easiest of operations. This is one of those situations where you wouldn't come out of this and say, I was raped. But when you really look at what happened here, um, she might have been like consensual in a way. But first of all, she really wasn't because she kept trying to get away from him. And second of all, she was way too drunk to yes. give coherent consent. Yeah. So this is unfortunately like this was, in my opinion, rape or sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of those situations, which again, back on our justice system tangent here from a few episodes back and this is one of those instances if you were it wouldn't hold up in a court of law like they'd be mm -hmm. like well but you did it but right. you know it's definitely there there wasn't she wasn't giving full consent and the fact that yeah like she was like you know i kept like one second it's vivid the next is lost everything was spinning and all this stuff like yeah she i would say yeah that the, it definitely her first time was 100% not consensual. And it's, it's yeah, I, I wrote like in the little like notes here, I was just like, oh, poor Remy. And like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I can't even like put into words, like reading all this. I was just so sad. And like, that's, you know, she kind of starts off this whole bit about how like good girls want to do this. Nice girls wait and da, da, da. And it's like, you didn't do anything wrong. At first of all, if it, even if it would have been like you just wanted to go hook up with a guy, there would have been nothing wrong with that. But like, particularly in this situation, like she thinks she's like this bad, dirty person. And it's like, no, you got really drunk and someone took advantage of you. Like that's on them. That's not on you. And right. everything about that is just wrong and sad. Yeah. And then, and you know, obviously it, it kind of the next little bit, it seems like, you know, she started to just like, sleep around because yeah she has the shame with with that and just you know mm -hmm. like you were saying there's definitely just like a lot of shame with mm -hmm. kind of like sexual relationships with her and it it just makes me really sad because yeah yeah like that that isn't the, the way someone's first time should be at all yeah and yeah yeah devastating when she's still in the bathroom after that time she says when i lifted my head up and looked in the mirror it was her face i saw then drunk pale and easy and scared but yeah, i mean that's kind of like what she got from her first time was like this man clearly took advantage of her and violated her and then she was categorized as easy and slutty and she as a defense mechanism 
probably wanted to take back some sort of like power in a, in that kind of relationship. So she did start sleeping around to kind of like gain that power back. But ultimately what resulted is like a deep, deep shame. Yes. And that is very sad and relatable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That just, it breaks my heart because yeah, there are so many people who wouldn't see that as, you know, rape or sexual assault. And it's like, yeah, like it, 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 It like if you are two people who, if someone is not, is so drunk that they can't give consent if someone the next, you know, they wake up from that, like she basically is like, I woke up from the experience and it's like, ah, if that's the way you're describing that, like, that's not, no, that's not consensual sex. Like it just, it isn't. And yeah. Yeah. And, and she it, just has such a hard time grasping with that. And I think another really sad thing reading this too is like, this is super common. This kind of oh, thing yeah. happens all the time. Like there's all so the many instances of sexual assault that women don't even let themselves acknowledge as sexual assault because mm-hmm. they were at one point consenting or whatever, you know, but in reality it's like, no, this, this is no. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. And it, and, and there is always that kind of like, you know, what do they they call that? Like when you like the fraud or whatever, when you feel like a fraud, whatever that's called. Um, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes women th- deal with that when it comes to stuff like this. Well, no, 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 no. Because, you know, I've, I've seen it on Law and Order and it wasn't like that. Or I've, mm-hmm. you know, my friend told me this one instance and that that's not what happened to me. And it's like. Yeah, but what happened to you still wasn't right. Like, it isn't mm-hmm. always, you know, some stranger coming up to you. And actually, most of the time, yeah. it isn't a stranger, yeah. <laughs> statistically speaking. And, you know, coming up to you in a dark alleyway and, like, holding you at gunpoint. And, you know, what? like, that's very rarely is it that. It's much mm-hmm. more this. And mm-hmm. uh, as I, everyone, you couldn't see, but I was gesturing to the book. Um, it's, it's more <laughs> what happened in this book. And, yeah, but there, yeah, and, and other, you know, little other bits of you know sexual assault and stuff and people are like oh well no no that that wasn't like i what what happened to me is something compared to you know what i've heard my friends go through or what i've i've seen in tv and movies like i didn't whatever and it's like no like what happened to you is serious and you have every right to to be you know to to work through that trauma and to admit what it was and even though that is very hard to admit what it was but yeah i think so many women go through which mm-hmm. I loved about the Me Too movement is like it was, you know, just little things, like little comments people make to you at work to very, yep. very big things. And it's mm-hmm. like all of those are taxing on you mentally and all of them should be recognized. And it isn't a competition of, you know, this right. person has it worse than you, whatever. Like, but yeah, I think we definitely all have a little bit of that where it's like, oh, this thing wasn't like that bad. And it's like, no, yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If this month is actually my 10 year anniversary of my sexual assault. And I remember even the next morning I like told him, I like described what he had done. And I was like, Hey, like, can you just not do that again? Like, I was just like, not really my thing. Like I was not even processing in my head what happened. I was just like, that was a weird sexual experience. I don't want to have again. And he got so mad and I could not understand why he got mad until literally over a month later when I was describing it to my friend. And she was like, Michael Ann, um, do you know what that was? And then it was like, like I didn't because it was my boyfriend, because right, like yeah. I was in this relationship, it was like I just assumed 
I don't know what the hell I assumed, but I could <laughs> not even like wrap my head around the fact. That's why like some people, you know, when people are like, she should have come forward earlier or whatever. It's like, it took me over a month yeah. to process what happened. And I only processed it because someone said it to me directly. There are people who don't tell anybody about their experience yep. and then don't register what happened. Like the brain is a very interesting, we don't know mm-hmm. shit about the brain really. Yeah. So it's like to be like, and especially with trauma, like it, it yeah. your, your brain is trying to protect you. It's like, uh, don't touch that. Don't touch that. You don't want to mm-hmm. touch that. And so you don't, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And then someday, one day you do, and it could be like five years later or like 10 yep. years later. But so it's, it's ridiculous that people are like, well, obviously uh, she would have known right away. It's like, well, no, no, like, <laughs> no. And yeah. And especially, yeah. When you're told, these things all the time of like, did you, are you remembering it the way that it really right. happened and, and whatever. And, and it does make you doubt yourself. Oh, well, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, but yeah, like sometimes it's, it is, it's saying it out loud to somebody else for you to finally have that light bulb moment to be like, Oh yeah. You know, I like when I was thinking about it, I didn't think about it like that, but yeah, now that I'm saying it to you and seeing the way you're reacting to it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. People, people <sighs> And then there we go again, another rant about our. (laughs) (laughs) We're still on chapter six, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. Here we go. But yeah, Remy is having a time here at Bendo. Mm -hmm. She is not called Jess. She is drunk. And this asshole is like trying to hit on her and she's not having it. And he starts being like, let's go to the car. And she's like, I said, let go. And she ends up basically punching him. By accident. Um, and by accident. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like she was like, Pacha! like here's my right hook, you know? I hope you all enjoyed my punching sound effect there. I don't really know what that was, to be Pachow! honest. But <laughs> I was like, am I, what's the guy from Cars or whatever? Like, <laughs> cars? His name is. Cars, you know. Oh, Owen oh, Wilson. Oh, Wilson. Yeah. Oh, um, but I felt Lightning like I was, McQueen. Lightning McQueen. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, my like nieces and nephews who were obsessed with them would be yelling at me right now. Be like, Lightning McQueen and be God, you know that. <laughs> so yeah, Lightning McQueen. I felt like it was a little bit like that. But anywho, that aside, <laughs> when Wilson's character in cars aside. So she, yeah, she basically kind of like punching him by accident. And then the bouncer comes up and this guy is like, oh, he's being a total wimp. Also, his name is Sherman, which like, oh, get the F out of here, Sherman. And he's like, oh, I'm like, it's already swelling and all this stuff. So then Dexter comes in and basically is like, it's my fault. Like, she's with me. It's my girlfriend. It's my sweetums. Sweetums gets upset. And she's like, what the fuck are you on about? And he's like, go with it. Do you want to go to jail? And she's like, okay, I'm going to go with it. And yeah, so basically, which is so typical. They're like, of course, if a guy, oh, oh, she's claimed to another man. Okay, yeah, I'm, I won't press charges then. It's like, oh, sure, now that he's involved. But Dexter used his privilege in a good way and, like, helped Remy out of the situation. So we respect you for that, Dexter. And she basically, yeah. you know, the bouncer is like, get out of here. You're done for the day. You got to go. And um, she ends up waking up. Oops, I skipped ahead. She's not at the waking up part. It's there leaving. And this is where she basically ends up, like, breaking down. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, trying not to have him come for her. She's upset. You know, she's, like, don't cry in front of him, Jesus. You know, this is ridiculous. And then she does. She breaks down. And at first, he, like, 
doesn't quite want to touch her because I think he's like, don't want to like take advantage of the situation. She's going through it. You know, he's just like, it's okay. Don't cry. And then she says, you know, I don't remember exactly how it happened. I don't know who moved forward first, but the next thing I know, like he was, you know, holding me and, you know, while she giving her comfort while she's having her little moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many things in this scene that I was just like, oh, my God. Like, first of all, right after she hits them, it kind of like causes like a little scene in the bar. And she says, how had I let this happen? One nasty remark from Chris and I'm bar trash fighting in public with some guy named Sherman. I could feel the shame rising up in me, flushing my face. Everyone was looking at me. So like, I first of all, a couple things about this sentence. How did how had I let this happen? This man grabbed your arm and was yanking you to his car. You accidentally hit him. And by the way, maybe you should have purposely hit him because that guy. (laughs) Um, So that's the first thing she is like, again, we see that shame coming back. And then I also want to mention that the guy wanted to call the cops and the bar, the bouncer was going to do it. And I just am like, (sighs) I wrote truly enraged right now. (laughs) Yep. And then when Dexter's trying to like kind of be like, hey, what's going on? Like, whatever. She's like, I can take care of myself. I'm not some weak woman who needs to be saved. And like, again, that's like her needing to be in control, needing to not be portrayed as like weak or easy or any sort of thing like that. But I think it's funny that he responds with, obviously, you just almost got arrested for assault. Yeah, in the intense bits, there is some just really good. They just have like just such a good banter, like a good rapport, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chapter seven. Here we go. Chapter seven, baby. We're, we're doing it. We're, we're doing, doing it. We're doing it. All right. So chapter seven. She, this is when she wakes up yes. and she doesn't really know where she is. And she says, God, this was familiar. Not this, not the place, but this feeling waking up in a strange bed, completely discombobulated moments like this. I was just glad no one was there to witness my absolute shame as I verified that. Yes, my parents were still on. And yes, I was still wearing a bra. And yes, okay, nothing major had happened because, well, girls just know. And again, shame again. Bring it up. Yep. So she's trying to get like kind of situated. She's looking around the room. It's a mess because it's kind of like his thing. And she hears them. (laughs) She hears them in the um, kitchen chatting. So she's like, "Okay, this is where I'm at. I'm at. I'm at his house. There's no clock. So she picks up the phone and dials the time and temperature number. Yes. That I was like, "Whoa, 2002." (laughs) Does that like does that still exist? I'm dying to know. I. I would love to know. Does movie phone still exist? <gasps> movie phone. And does anyone use it? If so. <laughs> yeah, I was Probably like, not. oh my God, the time and temperature number, which is when she realizes it's 1222. In my mind, originally, I was like, oh, she, it's like the next morning. And then I was like, oh, she only, which I was like, yeah, it was pretty early, I guess, because the dinner was at like six o'clock. By the time she probably like left the bar at like nine o'clock to be perfectly on like it probably wasn't yeah. that late into the evening so yeah she's had a little nap and now she's awake and she calls jess and jess is like again she's like chloe is saying it's my fault if you're dead or whatever and it's like it's kind of chloe's fault because she dropped you off at bendo but okay again mm-hmm. at least i thought she was kind of worried but still so basically she's just like hey can you come get me i'm at this guy's house and they're out there working on the potato song which is great. Classic. We love it. 
<laughs> we do. And she essentially is like, she wants to get out and she feels bad because like he, he did help her out and she had this whole emotional moment and he took her back to a safe place. Like she realizes, you know, like he took me to a safe place. Like, let me sleep it off. Like he's a good guy. So she feels bad, but she doesn't feel bad enough that she wants to like do the walk of shame outside his, you know, front door. So she decides she wants to go out the window, but what she does decide to do is make his bed. Cause that's like <laughs> the one thing she can do to be like, Hey, thanks for like being a good guy, I guess, you know? yeah um but yeah like that's her her choice and then she meets jess like outside and makes her escape Mm -hmm. shame is mentioned twice on page 114 she goes back to her house and this Mm -hmm. time she wakes up to tapping um because she's back sleeping or whatever which at first she's a little confused as to what it is. And then she realizes that she thinks that's like the cat at first, just like trying to get food or whatever. And then she realizes that it's coming from her window and that it's Dexter. And he basically very clumsily makes his way in, which I think she says she's on the second story, which how did he get up there? That's the trellis. <laughs> that's what yeah, she's, he... she's like, I've crawled up and down that trellis to get into my room multiple times. And it's a pain in the ass. That's, I mean, it's impressive that he did it. Yeah. Perfect. But yeah, he's he's kind of gangly and awkward. And so he like belly flops onto her carpet. Um, he ends up like missing her because he his trajectory is like all off or whatnot, which is sort of humorous. The, the picture she paints here is pretty great. But yeah, he basically comes in to be like, you could have at least said goodbye. I do love... I love, like, a little bit, like, it's humorous and it's also, like, a little petty. Like, oh, you left through my window? I'm going to come in through yours. I know. <laughs> I love that. I was like, man, well played. That's funny. So, yeah, so he comes in is like, you could have at least said goodbye. And she basically tells him, like, you don't want to get involved with me because, again, she's thinking very lowly of herself right now. And it's like, first of all, that's his choice to make, Remy. And second of all, you're a great catch. So stop with that bad self-talk. Mm-hmm. And then... This is where she uh, talks about how, like, this is after she says, you don't want to get involved with me. She has like the flashback and she realizes that she leaned into him last night to get comfort. And she says, maybe I'd known that all along. And that was why I had run because I didn't show weakness. I didn't depend on anyone. And God, she had a shitty childhood. Yep. And then they smooch. Oh yes, he came in through the window. How very um prudence, except it's a bedroom window and not the bathroom window, as in the Beatles song. Yeah, comes in through the bedroom window. He gets the girl. It's a great song. (laughs) It's actually a very weird song, but uh, I enjoy it. And then it's a good character reference name in Across the Universe. And we make her come through the bathroom window because that is what she's named for. But wow, chapter seven. That's a that's actually kind of a short one, I just realized. But short, but a lot big impact because we got our big kiss. And now we are on to July in our final Mm -hmm. chapter, chapter eight, our final chapter of today's little book club meeting. Um, 
which we start with talking about pseudo rhymes because again we are still working on that potato <laughs> song there's many potato songs so they're, they're still working on it and they're talking about you know do you want a rhyme or a pseudo rhyme because you can make something that's not like grammatically correct and it, chapter eight is very much i discussed this last episode about how i remembered like the scenes of the boys like the band you know in their house being like boys will be boys and this is 100% that chapter like the way it starts and they're just kind of being silly and there's monkey and they're writing songs and I just I don't know it makes my heart happy seeing these like dumb boys be dumb boys <laughs> I know I love it it's really cute she so then she like kind of talks about how she's been spending a lot of time at the yellow house which is Dexter's house with his band and she thinks a lot of it, well, she's telling herself that a lot of it has to do with the fact that Don has officially moved all of his stuff in and his stuff is weird. Super weird. Yes. Phallic statues and a yeah. giant like Renaissance painting of a, a woman naked eating grapes. Which they which put around awesome. like the, the breakfast table, which like who does want to look at some like naked woman while they're i mean i don't know maybe dawn does which chris again chris you're like already on my shit list with the way you talk to your sister and then he's like how much do you think that lady weighs at least 250 and i put yikes chris as my note on that page. Yikes. also uh chris you don't know shit because breasts weigh way more than five pounds especially yeah. if they're large so yeah and she Great sounds like a- she's got some biggins yeah <laughs> yeah like, are mm. you kidding? Very fat phobic. Don't like that energy. Yeah, not at all, Chris. Thanks. Also, we don't but get no an apology. I don't know if he gives her one in like behind the scenes, but we don't right. get an explicit apology for that comment. Yeah. Which I think that she is owed one. Yes, I agree. So then she kind of starts talking about how she's always had this like flow chart for how she wants relationships to go so there's like that heady swoonish period um where it's like the honeymoon phase she says this usually lasts about six weeks max and then after that the cracks begin to show and so she kind of starts doing her like i'm gonna start i want to leave soon and then eventually she they pitter pad they they break up because of like foundational damage is what she calls it um and she says i knew this pattern even before my first real boyfriend because i'd seen my mother go through it several times already with marriages the pattern stretched out adjusted like working with dog years the six weeks became becomes a year sometimes two but it's the same and that is depressing yep but again, it's like all defense mechanisms from this childhood where she just like wasn't nurtured the way she needed to be. Exactly. But on a positive note, she's like, the math, if I did the math with Dexter on paper, it was perfect. But um, things were not really working out that way. Because mm-hmm. he was angly and he was a slob, and every single time she tried to bring up like I don't want the I don't want to get serious conversation, he like sidesteps it. So yeah, I wonder what's yeah. happening there, Remy. Remy, what's what is it that's different about this guy? Why aren't you, you know, being able to have that talk and the the timetable and the flowchart and all of that isn't working? 
But yeah, I like how she basically, which is, this is so, my God, 10 Things I Hate About You. What a great movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. An absolute classic of our time. But, you know, at the end when she, like, re- reads off all things she hates about him. Yeah, like, I love this entire page. She basically is like, let me tell you what I hate about him. But it's like, she loves him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, this guy, he's a slob and he's gangly. And he's always trying to, she starts talking about how, like, everything, he can set anything into a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the whole banana bit. So, yeah, he makes John Miller, a.k.a. Ringo, um, try to eat these bananas or whatever. And he, like, bets him a thing. And... So he's uh, always like bets Remy these things like they're trying to name all the like states or to like see how many states you can name until this lady comes, you know, she finishes picking up her dry cleaning and she says that she has to count because like he always cheats. And we learned that he, I guess, like did an entire, what is it? They say like 32 ounces of Miracle Whip or something. Yes. And that's like the ultimate challenge because she's like, you're always challenging people, but I never see you doing these challenges. And he's like, I already did the ultimate one. Like, they know nothing can top that. And it's just, yeah, he's so, like, he is. Like, he's, like, such a little, like, weirdo. But, oh, yeah, 32 hours of the Miracle Whip in 20 minutes flat. Oh, that makes you want to throw up. So gross. But, yeah, he's just, I don't know. He's so endearing. I can see why she's falling for him, even though he is, you know, a slob and he's mm. yeah, got all these Gangly. weird little quirks. But like that's that's what makes that's what makes him perfect for you, you know, Remy? Exactly. Also uh weird little things. Ted is seeing someone that they call Scary Mary. I would love yes. to know <laughs> why that is I was like, I'd like to know more about Scary Mary, please and thank <laughs> you. Seriously, like can I have more info? <laughs> Yeah, so all of her girlfriends, like, Jess is like, have you given him the speech yet? And then Chloe's like, have you slept with him yet? And she's like, no and no. And they're all like, oh, shit. Like, you like him. Mm-hmm. And, and she, of course, is, like, playing it off that she's like, no, it's not a big deal. And But, of course, Chloe, for some reason, is, like, dying for Remy to stay, like, the cynical, grumpy lady that she is about yes. love. And so Chloe's like constantly talking shit about like relationships and love and and Remy's kind of like not really feeling like agreeing but of course she does mm-hmm. and yeah she says she doesn't sleep with people right away anymore because of her sexual shame and yeah she's kind of making up all these excuses for why she hasn't done the speech like oh she's busy oh he sidesteps it oh it's whatever it's gonna end naturally anyway right. no big deal and everyone's kind of like calling out her calling her bliss yeah i i'm just very annoyed at people who don't allow their friends and loved ones to grow and adapt and change and it's like that's what you should do like that's a healthy thing and if she's finding happiness with this guy if she's growing up and realizing that maybe timetables for relationships aren't working like why are you trying to rain on her parade and like make her you know like all the rest of the girls seem really supportive and chloe's just like no but like remy's she's not like that and it's like maybe she is now people grow (laughs) right how it works don't you want your friend to be happy question mark i don't know just a thought chloe yeah we learn um this is where we learn their real name true squad we love you true squad and all your potato songs you guys are legends and we mm-hmm. learn about, like, their, you know, 
their how they kind of like got in trouble with the law in Virginia, and that's how Don kind of got involved because his something to do with like his somebody someone in his family helped him out so they like owed him one which is how he ended up playing at her mother's wedding Mm -hmm. yeah don's brother michael was an attorney and helped them out i guess yes and yeah so that was like what he uh owed them um apparently who is it it's ted right who's like very against covers and the the wedding stuff and dexter says it's kind of a necessary evil you have to play covers to you know not everybody if you're a band starting out you're playing local clubs and stuff like people don't know you and they they want to hear the hits (laughs) yep exactly and then they do the potato song and i love the potato song it's so so good it's so good also the potato song like this is such the way bands were like you know what i mean like in our in our youth like this is right on the precipice of bands like you know um my chemical romance and fallout Mm -hmm. boy and paying out the disco r.i.p um (laughs) coming onto the scene and like that was the whole shtick right like that's what people make fun of like panic and follow boy for is like their weird song names and all that kind of vibes but yeah like that they definitely give me that vibe and i was Mm -hmm. like yes that is so like 2000s like we would have listened to a band that was coming out with songs called the potato song because boy (laughs) song titles of the bands we were listening to in real life so yeah i'm like yeah that tracks that definitely tracks to me Oh, I like that Jess also gets in a good dig here uh, to Chloe about how she, like, doesn't have boobs. Yes. <laughs> She's like, I have boobs. Okay, B cup, Jess said. <laughs> like, I love Jess. Oh, I do, too. Legend. She's a legend. Mm-hmm. I love her. Yeah, she's like, my boobs are great. And then a bunch of dudes are staring at her. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. So then Dexter... Comes into the into their booth and puts his arm around her. And Remy's kind of talking about how like she likes to be close to him, and she really likes when he puts his arm or hand around her waist, and when he like cups his fingers around the back of her neck. And she just like it's like she loves him. I mean, what can I say? Um, <laughs> but what then it boils down to guys yeah. is that she's falling in love. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, but I really like Ted walks up and he's like, if you butcher the words, you do the song a disservice. And Dexter's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it's living off of beans. You said it's not that she was a vegan princess living off of beans. She's a vegan princess living off beans. And they're like, what's the difference? And he says, the entire world is the difference. Living off of beans is proper English, which brings with it the connotation of higher society, accepted standards, and the status quo. Living off beans, however, is reminiscent of a more slang culture, realistic and a lower class, which is indicative of both the speaker in the song and the music that accompanies it. And as a English major, I appreciate this very much. Ted, 10 out of 10. Congratulations. I I love the thought. Ted is definitely like of the band, the one that's like kind of portrayed as a little bit of a stick in the mud. But I, I mean, I love that, you know, he wants this band to be, he takes it very seriously. And I love, you know, it shows like, obviously all of them are very smart. Like, you know, like, I think there's kind of that 
kind of stereotype that or like assumption that oh if you're in a band like you, know, you probably like don't have a brain or whatever but it's like they clearly are all like very smart and i love that and and also just like leads to this great exchange between you know ted and dexter where dexter basically is like i've just learned that you have to like agree with him and like let it go like you're just like uh-huh yeah and then he'll like leave you alone and i love that like Alyssa basically is like i bet he did really well in the sats <laughs> <laughs> I love like this whole exchange and I mean yeah like Ted is right in a sense like yes is it a little Mm -hmm. intense absolutely but he's not wrong he's not wrong (laughs) he knows what message he wants to get across he knows the voice he wants to have in his music and he's not going to sacrifice that and I have to respect it Uh, yeah I respect you Ted I respect how seriously you take this and you know, if the truth, the truth squad succeeds, it's going to be because of you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because of the dedication and the fact that you kind of pushed everyone. He's the Michael Jordan of the truth squad is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> did Michael Jordan sometimes come off as an asshole to his teammates? Yeah, absolutely. But that's only because he was so passionate about it. And like he said, he wouldn't ask anything of them that he wouldn't do himself. And that's how I feel about Ted. I love that. Yeah. Also, there's girls that are like, all over the band and she oh, says yes, the groupies some women had no shame mm-hmm. interesting <laughs> and it's like maybe you should reflect on that a little bit more about <laughs> yeah. me. maybe maybe you have a little bit too much shame just you yeah. know just saying maybe you need to work on that a little bit just and thought. come to realize that you yeah you you shouldn't you know have any shame for the things that you have done just and saying. the redheaded girl that was like hitting or like trying to hit on Dexter a little bit sees him with um, Remy and Remy is like, she says she feels possessive suddenly. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, girl, mm-hmm. you jealous. Oh, are we mm-hmm. starting to see a little jealousy? I wonder why. I wonder why. I wonder why. And yeah, so- this, uh, this chapter ends with, oh man, Chloe said. She was looking right at me, shaking her head, and I told myself she was wrong. So wrong. Even as, she, even as she spoke, you're a goner. And it's like, yep, I think our girl is falling in love. I think so. I think we're seeing some love happening. Dun, 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 dun. I'm excited. I'm so, I'm like, so I honestly, I got really giddy reading. I mean, because some of this is a little, the chapter before, you know, like six and seven with that terrible dinner with jennifer mm. and her brother being nasty to her and then like her kind of going through her whole shame spiral i was like oh. and then like that chapter chapter eight was just like light and fluffy and like brought me right back into like i felt this giddiness of like when i read it for the first time yeah it's like a little like you know preteen girl who was just like so excited to see what would happen next like when i finished this chapter i was like okay i have to finish here because like i don't want to read ahead because i like to read the assigned chapters for the episode but I was like, oh, I just like want to see her love and like see her like getting feelings. So I'm so happy. There. I'm like giddy. Turning into a giddy 13-year-old girl again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, y'all. Well, we'll wrap this one up because it's been kind of long. But you can join our Patreon. Links in our bio. You can chat with us. Um, we're doing a lot of chatting in the Patreon recently. And it's been super fun. And I love having that community. So come on over. Yeah. Join us. Chat with us. And like and follow our podcast, recommend it to your friends, tag Sarah and be like, hey, girl, isn't this podcast dope? You should go on it. And then, you know, maybe she will. Yeah. And make our wildest dreams come true. And Mm -hmm. 
I uh, hope you all enjoy my senior pick with my oh, books I can't wait. and what a what an awesome nerd I am. So hope you all enjoyed that. Hope you all enjoyed these last few chapters. Next week, we will dive into some more. I'm excited. And hopefully, we will finally get our actual first hate spinner bait drop in hopefully. the next few chapters. It should be coming. It's got to be coming soon. We it's shall gotta see. Be. <laughs> we, it, we, it's got to be. All right, y'all. Bye.